This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Delgado's got his double espresso over here. Those things can't be it can't be good to, to drink 40 of those a day. It just can't be good. I cut down to 30. <laughs> oh, much better. I couldn't even find these for a few weeks. Okay, where did you end up getting them? Uh, I get them at the gas station. Oh, gosh. <laughs> good thing Costco doesn't have them. We'd have barrels of them outside. So I check every week. I'm like, son of a, can you just get me yeah. a case? Yeah, exactly. All right, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Well, we're going to have some fun tonight, man. Well, I don't want to set the bar too high because I haven't really seen it. (laughs) (laughs) But tonight's crazy town could very well be right up there as an all-timer. I mean, what are the all-timers we have so far? We have the train one. Gee, that's an all-timer, right? Outside the train station? (laughs) Yep, there's the Amtrak one for sure. The Amtrak one is an all-timer. That's the one where he got lost, right? We wait 30 seconds for him to find (laughs) the podium. At least. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, going back, of course, we have some of the the original crazy towns of the Biden, like the all the all star crazy towns where we've just run through, you know, months and months of him, just whatever. So we have some of the great ones. But so, I mean, it's a high bar, obviously, especially going back to the election time when he was on he was on the road. <laughs> um, but he spoke at, I believe, South Carolina State graduation. And, uh, you know, he, he, um, well, he's just delusional <laughs> and he was just all over the place. And of course he, he does the old, I'm going to, I'm going to change the way I speak. I'm going to talk about things that I think relate to the audience because I think it's an all, <laughs> all black school. He was pulling the old Hillary Clinton. You know, oh, when, did he, cha- did he do that? Well, not oh. in the way necessarily. I mean, he, I mean, there's not much he could do to change the way he speaks as far as his delivery. But the stories, you know, he just went to all kinds of places that, I mean, given to be serious, given this guy's history of working with segregationists, you would think that he would just stay away from that stuff. But no, no. Did he go with the uh, Did he go with the corn pop story? Did he relive that one? I don't. Again, I didn't see all yeah. of it, so I know I, I know he talked about how he was an activist. Back in the day of uh, desegregating this, and uh, I mean, he just went places he just shouldn't have gone because oh. it's just not true. How he was a stop on the Underground Railroad. I mean, we have um, <laughs> we have video of him saying, you know, I wasn't an activist at the time. Back in the seventies, when you know, there's a very famous clip of him yeah. saying, I didn't, I wasn't an activist. I wasn't in Selma. I didn't go all these places. But today, well, the story seems to have changed. 
So you'll judge for yourself. So uh, Rick Delgado's here with the news. Rick Amorati's going to have sports. Geo Fran holding it down. Man, did you get lucky last night? Lucky? I well, had it in the I bag said. the whole I said way. Lucky. Did I? Did I? That's what I said. Lucky. I, I had it in the bag the whole way. <laughs> you got your birds. You got your birds back. So yeah, I am. Congratulations. Thank you. And today's Friday, which means it's the oddsmakers' time. Come later in the second hour. Can't wait. How is your uh, how your bowl game shaping up? Are you looking at any bowl games? Ah, uh, you know what? I'm not really impressed with the bowls coming up this weekend, Big D. Not not really uh, feeling it. I picked one game, but uh, that's about it. We're going to go heavy NFL this weekend. See, this is how you know that Emrodi's not. He's not a. Um, He's not what we would call in the business a degenerate gambler because he's very picky about his college. He's got to know the team, understand it. Yeah. Where me and Paul know guys that would be like, "What's your What's your matter? State's playing. What's your What's your matter? You? I'm all in. You got two cockroaches going up the hallway. You got guys putting money on. Come yeah. on. So Emirati's a little more. Um, well, he's you know he's a little more particular, which yes. is good. That's fine. That's how you. Uh, well, that's it's big fine, money. So. It's we're not we're not throwing around a few hundred dollars. Okay. Here. Serious he plays dollars. highbrow. Yeah, so you have some games, though, that you're, yes. we've got games Saturday and games Sunday. Correct. Okay, very good. Uh, all right, so we'll get to that. And speaking of sports, this is a good place to start because I did see this. We were talking about it last night in the American Thinker. Uh, the title of this article is, per- and it's, it's just getting worse every day. Professional sports, again, prove the folly of vaccines and COVID protocols. According to Vice, the NFL is now a COVID super spreader. <laughs> With the playoffs beginning in almost exactly one month, there are, as of the writing of this article, and the list has been growing daily, nearly 100, it's probably more than that now, out of 1,700 players on the NFL's COVID-19 list. Tellingly, uh, we note that 65 players have tested positive in the last two days, including a single-day record on Monday of 37 new cases. So again, we have an outbreak among those who've merely tested positive for the Wuhan virus. The Vice article goes on to mention how the NBA and the NHL are dealing with outbreaks of positive Wuhan virus tests as well. Without one mention of a player who's actually sick, Seven times the vice piece uses the phrase tested positive or a close derivative of that. Several more times the Wuhan virus test or testing is mentioned. No mention of hospitalizations, no mention of deaths, just tests. What's more, over 94% of NFL players are vaccinated. Of course, that definition of what that means keeps changing. Um, additionally, 97% of the NBA is vaccinated with over 60% having received their booster dose and reportedly only four NHL players out of the whole league remain unvaccinated. Thus the outbreak of positive tests in us professional sports has occurred in spite of what is certainly some of the highest rates of vaccination of any large group of people the world over. Also, these outbreaks, quote-unquote, complete, uh, complete contradict the notion recently spouted by the president himself and enforced by Twitter censors that the vaccinated, quote, do not spread the disease to anyone else. Nevertheless, the NFL is now doubling down on its anti-science, data-ignorant policies. The NFL is now requiring players, coaches, and other team personnel to receive a COVID-19 booster by December 27th. 
The NFL has large rosters and more to more human uh, to human contact than either the NBA or the NHL. Yet in nearly two seasons now in the COVID era, the NFL has reported virtually zero serious illnesses due to this virus. At the end of last season, which was played when almost no one was vaccinated, the NFL in conjunction with the CDC revealed that there was zero evidence of on-field transmission. Additionally, in spite of rampant testing, there were few positive tests among NFL personnel. And again, virtually no one got seriously ill from the virus. In spite of all of this, the NFL got completely on board with the Wuhan virus vaccination train. And look what it got them. It seems the NFL is still refusing to believe its own data. The AP reports, because of the, quote, rising coronavirus numbers around the league, the NBA may return to daily testing for players and coaches. When are these fools going to learn that this virus is simply going to do what all viruses do? And no amount of testing and other foolish protocols is going to change that. When are these organizations going to stop pretending that the young and healthy have ever been in any serious danger from this virus? Much of the rest of the U.S., at least those of us on Team Reality, have long understood what this virus is and who's at risk. Canceling games, polling players, widespread testing and the like is nothing more than further pandemic theater. If there are more game cancellations and loss of time for players with positive tests it won't be due to another outbreak of the virus but it will be due to foolish reactions to the virus perhaps these league executives are not as dumb as i think they are like the democrat party perhaps they have decided to continue to play politics with this virus using it as a mean to control others perhaps american professional sports owners and executives have decided that such tactics will aid and abet the democrat party Whatever the case, team reality, as much as it exists within the players' associations, needs to stand up to this evil. And I think that's pretty much right on the money. Yeah. Yep. And it's and it's pretty funny that, you know, you've got all these all these guys, again, the NFL, bar- barely, you know, barely anybody misses any games. And like you said, they've got bigger rosters. They got more people involved. They got more points of contact than the NBA teams and, and the NHL. Yet they, you know, I don't know. Maybe their testing is better. Who knows? Maybe their testing is. Uh, hey, you give me your test. All right, there you go. All right, you're good. No, oh, uh, yeah. maybe that's the way right. they do it. <laughs> yeah, I got I got a couple of stories now. How it's 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 actually affecting the spreads in Vegas because you don't even know you could have money on a team you know, getting to that part, and the, a guy could be pulled from the game that day. The quarterback, you know, it could just totally blow out your whole well your whole weekend in that case if you're yeah, doing you it in Vegas. A so, birds. Yeah, and uh, I got yeah I got a list of stuff tonight. I'm speaking from experience, incredible. Yeah, speaking from experience, <laughs> Jake. Thanks. Are you setting up excuses already? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, I love the fact that I don't have to say it anymore. This is just onto them. So yeah. that's all. I like that so thanks guys <laughs> but um well this article is right on the money i mean these are the healthiest people in the world they have spent their life on their physical fitness on their health uh, in the gym everything tells us all the data everything tells us young healthy fit uh 
immune system for the most part working like it should, no comorbidities, are in zero danger of anything this virus could bring them. Could they get sick? Yes. Could they get maybe really not feel good for a couple of days? Absolutely. Anybody could. Yeah, and I'm sure, especially when you look at somebody like Tom Brady. But does the flu do that to you? It sure right. does. No. Yeah, but if you look at somebody like Tom Brady, who's notorious for his diet and what he what he puts into his body, I'm sure that has rubbed off not only on his teammates but around the league going, well, what's he doing? Because whatever he's doing, it's working. This guy is still at it, and he's still beating our butts, and we're 10, 15 years younger. I'm sure all of that has come into play. Plus, then you add into it the trainers who are like, you know what, let's get you guys some some high-dose uh, vitamin D and vitamin C, and let's make sure we keep you healthy because they know their business is to keep you on the field. And I'll tell you this. I know there's a lot of rampant discussion about uh, athletes that have gotten vaccinated and whether that's affected some of these things you're seeing on these soccer teams and these fields. And I don't know what if it's real, what if it's not real, but I can guarantee you one thing that's for real is that these guys notice these stories yeah, and they're going to their doctors and they're saying, listen, I need to know because I've spent my whole life to get to this level. The percentage of people who make it to a professional league is so minuscule. I'm not blowing a, a life's worth of work to go on the, to go on the field or on the pitch as they call it in soccer or on the court or anything else after I get this shot and, and realize that it did something to my heart muscles and I can't per- my whole career's gone. My whole life's gone. Yep. My whole ability to provide for my family's gone. So, again, I don't know how much of those are real, what's not real. There's a lot of stuff out there. But I can tell you this. These guys know it, and they know it's a possible risk. And I guarantee you they're talking to their healthcare professionals. And if the healthcare professionals are at least being honest, they're at least talking openly about it going over what the percentages are, how it works, what the mechanism of actions are in these things, and come to some, you know, decision on what's best for them, which is what everyone should be doing. Yeah. Take the Joe Rogan approach. Yeah. All right. Just getting started for a Friday night, live from Studio 6B. We'll do some sports and news when we get back. Crazy Town coming up as well. Glad you're in on a Friday. All right, 17 past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Glad you're in. Rick Delgado's here with the news. Rick Emirati, Scott Sports, of course, on Real America's Voice. Dish Network, Channel 219. Pluto TV, Channel 240. Samsung TV Plus, Channel 1029. Let's start out by some sports. Uh, of course, it's the odds makers coming up tonight in hour two. We'll pick our weekend games. But now let's do a little uh, update with Rick Emirati. What's going on, pal? All right, Big D. Well, uh, story from last night was uh, Los Angeles Charger tight end David Parham. Uh, he's Donald Parham, excuse me, was in stable condition uh, and was going under undergoing tests. Los Angeles Chargers tweeted out earlier today, tight end Donald Parham Jr. stayed overnight at UCLA Harbor Medical Center for observation after being diagnosed with 
with a concussion. He is resting comfortably, alert, and will likely be discharged from the hospital later today. So waiting on confirmation with that. But uh, sounds like the young man uh, looks like he's going to be okay, Big D. That was really scary last night. I know we were talking about it on the show. I mean, uh, thank God. That, that has got to be the single strangest non-contact, non severe looking to the human eye watching the play in real time injury yep. I've ever seen. Yeah, short five-yard pass. You know, it was it was really very benign. It was no contact or anything. But I guess the impact of his head hitting the uh, the the turf just really did uh, did him in there. So, but uh, we'll see, and we'll keep an eye on him. But uh, looks like the young man is going to be okay, and uh, hopefully, we'll be walking out walking out of the hospital at some point. Um, and that led to. Uh, the Kelsey's overtime touchdown win was a great game, wild one, one of the best games I've seen in quite some time, possibly one of the games of the year, especially since I won. 34-28 win over the Chargers. Uh, Inglewood, California, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, and the Kansas City Chiefs have faced their share of challenges this season. The two-time defending AFC champions are peaking at the right time for another playoff push. This is an AP report. Kelsey had a career-high 191 receiving yards and scored on the 34-yard touchdown pass from Mahomes in overtime as the Chiefs rallied for a 34-28 victory over the L.A. Chargers last night. Just a great game. That's 191 yards receiving from a tight end. But these tight ends, they're more like wide receivers these days. Uh, Kelsey quarter tying, seven-yard touchdown pass with 116 left in the fourth quarter, then ended the game with his catch and run in overtime. Uh, on first and 10, Kelsey pulled in Mahomes' pass to the 30 and eluded two tacklers and route to the end zone where he was swarmed by teammates. So, great game. And uh, I picked up $5,000 on my tab there with Big D. <laughs> and now I'm down to five, but, uh, well, we got a whole nother weekend. So, we'll have fun. Uh, and a big fight this weekend. Well, I don't know if you call it that. But anyway, Jake Paul, Tyrone Woodley made weight for uh, their boxing rematch. This is from Mark Ramondi of ESPN. Now, it Ta- wasn't supposed to be these two, right? No, 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 no. Originally, it was supposed to be Tommy Fury. That was uh, Tyson Fury's uh, younger brother. Uh, however, he withdrew with a broken rib and a chest infection. So disappointing because it was a little bit more fanfare. Uh, Jake Paul and Tyrone Woodley, this is a rematch of their, their previous fight. Uh, but anyway, Paul hit the mark at 100. 191.4 pounds. It was a 192-pound limit, Big D. So, man, he ju- he must have been drinking a lot of water. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Woodley was 189.6 pounds. Um, and uh, anyway, Paul and Woodley will fight in their rematch. That's tomorrow night in the main event of a boxing card at Amelie Arena in Tampa. Paul, the YouTuber turned prize fighter, won the first fight on August 29th in Cleveland via a split decision. Woodley, a former UFC welterweight champion and one of the best 170-pound fighters in MMA history, is coming in on just two weeks' notice uh, after Paul's original opponent, Fury, withdrew, as I said earlier. So, uh, we'll look forward to that. I'll be, I bet you there'll be a big card, man. There'll be a lot of people watching that on pay-per-view, Big D. I don't think you'll be buying that one. No. No, I know. <laughs> and you buy a lot of them. I know you're a big, uh, especially with the UFC, but with boxing, never I Never miss a UFC. Yeah, I know never. you never do but uh anyway and that's a wrap big d i can't wait to get to our picks uh, later on but that's a wrap in sports all right very good thanks rick we'll do some more sports let's do a little news with rick delgado what's going on all right yeah, well, but what even is that tonight yeah oh, i'm looking forward to that nice. especially after last night you wouldn't let me uh <laughs> i had to cut you off i don't yeah. want you to steal my jokes and yeah. stuff okay so right. we'll, we'll see so uh we're gonna travel across the uh across the atlantic for this story because i think it's one that you might uh want to chime are. in on okay we fly um, do i have to wear a mask nah well <laughs> You might need Flying to wear a Delta. headdress to get into this country lately. Did you see the CEO, by the way, of South, uh, one of the airlines who was there testifying in front of Congress now has tested positive? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> was it American Airlines or Southwest? I don't know. I don't know. I think it was Southwest. I think it was Southwest. I think it was yeah. Southwest. He's now yeah. tested positive, and from the, I guess from, I don't know. Maybe somebody around him had it there. Probably Congress. <laughs> yeah, all of them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because they're not mandated to get anything. Yeah. Hey, uh, like I said, this one's a little interesting. So let's get your take on it, Big D. Turkey's main stock exchange has halted trading on Friday as the ca- as the country's currency is in crisis. Yeah. Already stinging bonds and spreading to equities. Borsa Istanbul announced a temporary so-called circuit breaker after its main BIST 100 index fell 5%. Trading resumed, and then it was uh, stopped yet again. The selling came as the Turkish lira fell by a further 7% to an all-time low of more than 17 to the U.S. dollar. And uh, that comes a day after the central bank once again lowered interest rates despite an annual inflation rate, get this, of more than 20%. Mm-hmm. The lira has halved in value so far this year following a series of rate cuts. Uh, as the president, who rejects the economic orthodoxy of high interest rates to rein in inflation, exerts in- increasingly close control over its central bank. Uh, the stock exchange also had it had itself halted for repo transactions and Turkish bonds and everything as it declined on Friday to 21.5%. So things are tanking and the lira is losing a lot of its value. Like, like I read earlier there in that, that uh, article, uh, 17, you need 17 lira to equal one U S dollar. Yes. Uh, very similar to the, to what happened to the lira back in, I believe the seventies where it was about 15 lira to a dollar. And the economy there is broken. And you're seeing videos coming out of there of teachers who used to get paid 700 uh, lira, I guess, a week, which was at one point, I don't know if it was ever close to $700 and what, the, what it used to be, but it's, that's now down to being worth $50 US dollars Ooh. a week, Ooh. the teachers. So they're, they're I mean, it, it's, this is what... Um, you know, I don't want to get dramatic and say this is we're looking into our peering into our future. But again, economics work until it, you know, numbers work until they don't. And, um, you know, the Treasury Secretary can sit there and tell us we're on a sustainable path of debt as we as we break twenty nine trillion dollars of fiscal operating debt. But. Um, Nobody can, no country can sustain the weight of that on an ongoing basis, running trillion dollar deficits with unfunded liabilities of probably 200 and something trillion, fiscal operating debt of 29 trillion, with no end in sight. And now inflation, real inflation, probably running double digits at least. They tell us 6.8%. They tell us they're going to get a hold of it. They tell us a lot of things, but. They probably said the same thing in Turkey. I just don't see how they stop printing money at this point. I just don't see how they they've boxed themselves in, to, in in my and I know nothing about it, and I'm not an economist. But um, I don't know. We'll we'll see. But this is what happens. This is what happens, and you've seen it all over the world. This is why you know. And I tell you about Birch Gold, and I, we talk about other hard assets on this show. This is why. Yeah. This the- is why. Uh, according to the article, the, the Lira Swift decline is sparking fears about the financial health of companies that borrowed in foreign cu- uh, currency and the possibility that Turkish depositors might begin to pull their cash out of the banking system, making things that much more extreme. So, you know, uh, uh, you know talk about all this borrowed money. 
and people getting nervous. And then all of a sudden, like what seems to be happening here in Turkey, there seems to be a run on the banks where people are pulling out their money. So interesting stuff. And again, you, you, you hear I, I mentioned the, the two words there, the central bank. Central bank's involved. And uh, they're, they're trying to control things, but it looks like it's starting to spiral. I mean, look at what they're doing in... Um... Look at what they're doing, and I believe is it Ar- not Argentina? Well, look what they're doing. Uh, they made Bitcoin legal tender yeah. in um, Ecuador. Was it Ecuador? But no, no. I, I can't remember where he's from. I'll have to look it up. But I mean, there's a reason. There's a reason, and Turkey is going to um, have to come up with something because there's no hope left for the for their currency. It's been devalued to the point now where there's almost no coming back a terrible situation El Salvador thank you G that's where it is From Studio 6B, 30 minutes past the hour. Gio yelling in my ear. Um, Rick Delgado's here with news. Rick Emirati's going to sports. We're going to do our odds makers in hour two, make our picks. Crazy Town coming up. Could be could be one of the best. Uh, what a better time for me to talk to you about Birch Gold Group, because we just talked about what's happening with the Turkish Lira. And, um, you know, I've been amazed that the dollar, the DXY, actually has showed some some strength. But this is why. Not because what we're doing here in America is doing uh, anything good for the dollar, because we're devaluing our currency too, but just not nearly as much as what's going on around the rest of the world. Inflation's on the rise. The value of the dollar continues to go down. And like I told you, this government wants to just keep spending. And they're turning up the heat on your savings, which is becoming a big melting ice cube. Uh, You're probably considering your financial alternatives right about now, and I don't blame you. Paper money becomes worthless. How do you protect your hard-earned savings? You can't be punished for saving your entire life. One of the options to consider is physical gold and silver. Like I told you, the experts there are Birch Gold Group. Birch Gold Groups are experts in precious metals. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of satisfied customers. And you should be one of them. Most importantly, they have options. You can buy gold coins. You can convert an existing IRA into a gold IRA. You can even convert an eligible 401k account to a gold IRA. Here's how you get started right now. Take your mobile phone, and I want you to text the word America. Just the, just the word America. Type it out. Send it to 989898. And Birch Gold will send you a free information kit with no obligation. They'll show you how to protect your gold and silver investments in a tax-sheltered account. Get the facts. Get started today. You have absolutely nothing to lose and everything to gain. Protect your wealth. Text America to 989898 for your free information kit from Birch Gold. They made it super easy. And they'll show you how owning gold and silver could help protect your savings. Text America to 989898. All right, that's a perfect lead-in, too, by the way, to this video that I saw. And I believe this is in Canada. It's not here in the States, but it's absolutely, uh, this is a speech that could have been given if anyone had the, the ability to actually deliver this speech the way this gentleman does. It's very well thought through. And it should sound familiar to you because it's a lot of what we've talked about on this show. Uh, Rolichi. 
Why? Why? That's the most basic question anyone asks when something strange happens anywhere in nature. <laughs> he sounds like Eugene. Why? <laughs> Is it that a family in Riverside South, 25 minutes from here, a suburban Canadian community, has a family been bid out on seeking a house eight times, most recently watching one normal middle-class house go $400,000 over asking price, up from $800,000 to $1.2 million. Why? Why have housing prices gone up 32% in, in just an, a period of a year and a half while the economy has actually shrunk? Why? Why are housing prices going up while wages, in real inflation-adjusted terms, are going down? Why is this incredible bubble filling with air? Well, let's go through the reasons that we've been given for the recent housing bubble. Some people blame house prices in Canada wrongly on immigration. Now, we know that can't be true because throughout COVID, there was almost no immigration. And yet house prices went up. The normal flow of roughly 300,000 newcomers seeking houses came nearly to a grinding halt. So immigration cannot explain the ballooning house prices. Some have blamed inflation in general on supply chain problems. But of course, land doesn't have supply chains. It's already right beneath our feet. We don't import land on a ship. It isn't stuck at a port. It was put here by millions of years of geological development. So we can't blame foreign supply chains for the booming price of housing. Nor can we blame it on global factors because housing inflation here has been far worse than any other nation on earth with the exception of New Zealand. According to Bloomberg, uh, Canada has the second most inflated housing bubble. Uh, and similarly, The Economist magazine has put Canada along with New Zealand and Australia as the countries it thinks might experience a massive crash on the scale of the 2008 crisis in the United States of America. So if this was a global problem, we wouldn't be suffering a much bigger bubble than the rest of the globe. And then some trendy commentators have said, well, it's just that Canadians' preferences have changed. Because of all of the cabin fever that comes with lockdowns, people want to live in the countryside and have more space, and therefore they're paying more for real estate. Well, if that were true, we could verify it very simply by seeing a drop in housing prices for inner-city condos. Uh, if people were all unloading those condos in order to go live in the countryside, we would see uh, those prices of urban condos drop. In fact, they too are up 15%. Finally, and more plausibly, some people have pointed to the fact that it is very hard to build anything here in Canada. Now, that is true, and that is one of the long-term structural reasons we have inordinately high real estate prices in Canada. We all are aware of the incompetent municipal and provincial governments that drive up housing prices with their bureaucracies and the rich um, urban 
snobs who like to prevent people from living in their neighborhoods by lobbying city councillors from preventing development. That is all true, but it does not explain the rocketing prices that began in spring of 2020 because, of course, snob zoning and incompetent bureaucracies are nothing new. Uh, they did not appear in Canada. We did not have suddenly an airdrop of a million uh, inner-city snobs uh, on Canada when COVID hit. Uh, they have long been here uh, uh, with the, the bureaucracies backing them up, blocking uh, us from building housing for other communities for a very long time. So that is nothing new. So what is new? Why all of a sudden? When the economy fell off a ship, uh, a cliff, did, they, did the price of housing suddenly rocket? Well, if you look more microscopically at the data, you will see that in March and April of 2020, house prices actually started to drop. We forget that now. Just as our number one housing agency predicted, CMHC said house prices would drop 10 to 14 percent. And then suddenly, a change in direction, and up and up and up and up and far away from the reach of everyday, ordinary working class people. What happened then in spring of 2020 that would cause this inexplicable phenomenon to begin? Well, the answer, of course, is that in late March and running through till about a year, about a, a month ago, the government had the central bank pump $400 billion into financial markets in order to make it cheaper for the Feds to run deficits. The thinking was that if the central bank printed cash to buy bonds, they would drive down interest rates enough for the Government of Canada to be able to run consequence-free deficits, at least in the short term. The problem is that much of that money overflowed into the mortgage market. And just this week we found out that mortgage borrowing has totaled $193 billion in that period of time. That is almost a quarter of a trillion dollars of mortgage lending. What do you know? When you flood the financial and mortgage markets with cash, that cash goes out and bids up the price of houses. And in fact, the multiplication effect of a dollar inserted into the housing and the financial system is really powerful. So for example, just to simplify, let's say that you have 10 houses on, in, a, in a given country, and those 10 houses are each worth, worth $100. So total market value of all those 10 houses then is 1000 If one person manages to get some of that money from the central bank and goes and bids up the price to say $200 for one of those 10 houses. Well, that house then is, has a market value of 200 bucks. What happens to the entire street? Well, the entire street's market value now doubles. And so with $100 of extra purchasing power, it adds $1,000 of market price. This is how, this is the incredible multiplication power that leads to housing bubbles. That, 400, that $400 billion led to a $200 billion of new housing demand, 
And that $200 billion led to many, many more multiples of increase in market value. Now, what happens with that? Then people go out and borrow against their new home equity. They have unrealized gains in their, their homes, which they then use to collateralize more debt, which they use to buy more assets, which further inflates asset bubbles. And we have seen a massive increase in the value of assets across the in the market price of assets across the economy since this experiment with central bank money printing began. Now here's the problem. What goes up can come crashing down. People are basing their economic decisions on assets that are floating in, uh, on top of a bubble. When that bubble bursts, all of those assets and the people who rely on them come crashing down. In the meantime, the poor and the working class are no longer to afford to purchase those assets. And thus, we see a massive expansion in the gap between the rich and the poor. You see, trickle-down economics has never worked. Giving money to large financial institutions and expecting it's going to reach the working class people at the bottom is a figment of the government's imagination. The people who do the work will pay the price in the crash, but they get none of the benefit during the bubble. And so, Madam Chair, the answer here is to stop printing money and start building houses. Free, free up more land. I'll incentivize our municipalities to clean away the red tape. Create work for our carpenters, our framers, right, Jay, and our other tradespeople. So obviously there's some things in there I don't agree with that he says, but the point is this. <clears throat> See, here in the States, my position is that the, our Fed can't let the bubble burst. He can't let the bubble burst. He has to continue to print money. And even though, again, last week they said, or this week, they, earlier in the week, they said, we're going to taper our bond purchases. And then we're going to eventually maybe raise rates next year. You're seeing now what's happening with this disease. You're seeing lockdowns start to eke their way back into our lives. You're seeing what's going on in professional sports. It's changing by the hour. I don't think there's a way they can let a so-called, if they even believed there was a bubble burst. The Democrats are not going to stop their spending. AOC's tweet today says everything you need to know about where the Democratic Party is on spending. She said it's actually delusional to believe that the Democrats can get reelected without acting on the filibuster and on free student debt. Biden breaking his Build Back Better promise, letting CTC lapse, zero pathway to citizenship for illegal aliens. This is where this party's at. This is where this party's at. All right, we'll discuss further when we get back live from City 6B on a Friday night. All right, 13 to the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Man, I'll tell you, I just keep looking at um, the freakout is in full effect on yep. these cases. New York reports highest single-day case total of the entire COVID pandemic, 21,000 positives, according to WNBC today. But I, I go back to that sports uh, thing we read in the beginning. I mean, okay, okay. 
You know, Horowitz has an interesting piece I want to get to later in the show. And he says, um, Omicron might actually be the real vaccine. And I'll get to what he means here in a little bit. And as these, we see these cases continue to go up and up and up. Very interesting take on maybe that's the best thing that we can have. Uh, and get Delta out of here and make this the dominant strain. Because it seems like if you don't pay attention to Fauci and the media, you realize that so far, cases are not equaling anything major sickness. Uh, quite mild from what all we can tell. So, all right. Well, we'll get to that in an hour or two. Let's do some sports right now. And here with that's Rick Emirati. What's going on, pal? Yeah, big deal. When we so get lots to of stuff p- moving, right? A lot of stuff moving. We get to our picks later in the next segment. Uh, we're going to have a lot to talk about with this COVID and games switching left and right all afternoon. And now uh, tonight we're trying to get a handle on it. But uh, NHL uh, postpones all Flames, Avalanche, Panthers games until December 26th. This is from Yahoo Sports Canada. Olivier Navin, amid a rampant outbreak, three NHL teams won't see any more action until after the holidays. The league announced on Friday that the Calgary Flames, Colorado Avalanche, and Florida Panthers have been shut. So I just hope this isn't a precursor because this is exactly what we saw. Sports started shutting down, and what happened? Within a few days, the country shut down. So, oh boy. Try to keep it positive here. Um, and uh, here, well, here's a good story. Ticket stub from Michael Jordan's NBA debut sells for $264,000, a record for a sports ticket. This is from Dan Hujucki of ESPN. Like you said, Big D, people are investing in fixed assets. I understand Paul McCartney's, one of his bass guitars that he played with wings, sold for 490 some odd thousand dollars just yesterday at an auction. So people are grabbing onto these collectibles here. This is the highest graded ticket stub bestowed with a grade of EX MT6 from Professional Sports Authenticator or PSA. Uh, from Michael Jordan's NBA debut, sold for 264000 at an auction, breaking the record for most expensive collectible sports ticket ever sold. The sale conducted by Huggins and Scott Auctions includes a 20% buyer's premium. Even without said premium, the sale would have broken the previous record set in October when a ticket stub from Game 3 of the 1903 and first World Series sold for 175000 at Christie's. Jordan made his NBA debut on October 26, 1984 at the now-demolished Chicago Stadium. More than 13,000 were in attendance. The Cedar Bulls beat the Washington Bullets 109-93. And, well, we know what kind of career uh, Michael Jordan went on to have. So, But that's, boy, talk about that. Boy, fix assets. You're going to see a lot of this, I can see, coming up now with the economy. Uh, and here, speaking of the economy and speaking of, uh, let's see, ex-Olympic speed skater, Allison Baver is charged with fraudulently claiming $10 million in COVID PPP relief loans to fund Elijah Wood's Ted Bundy movie, No Man of God. This is from the DailyMirror.com earlier today. Former Olympic speed skater Allison Baver has been charged with fraudulently claiming $10 million in COVID relief payments and using the money to, fu- to fund the movie, uh, No Man of God. Baver, 41, was indicted on Wednesday in Salt Lake City by federal prosecutors. She has been charged on nine counts, eight of making false statements to a bank and one money laundering for allegedly filing eight claims last year 
between April 23rd and 26th. Prosecutors say Baver claimed that she had a payroll of more than $4 million for her entertainment company, Allison Baver Entertainment, when in fact she had no employees. She used the money to fund the movie, uh, and uh, which she has been promoting on Instagram. Baver only announced her foray into the entertainment world in December 2020, eight months after claiming the money and claiming she had employees to look after. She has not yet responded to the allegations. Baver won the 3,000-meter U.S. Women's Relay Team short track speed skating event at the 2010 Winter Olympic Games in Vancouver. So I think she's going for a little more gold, but she got caught. (laughs) (laughs) So it's some story, but uh, that's it. And that's a wrap in sports right now for this segment. Big D. All right, very good. Thanks, Rick. Um, I saw this earlier today that I want to bring to your attention how absolutely insane it's getting. Pfizer said today its two-shot vaccine didn't perform or produce an adequate immune response in children from two to five. So what are they doing because of that? They're expanding the clinical trial to test a three-dose series since the two-dose didn't provide enough of an immune response in kids two to five. And, um, I mean, I don't know. I'm not even sure what to say about that. I mean, there's no justification for any of that. And yet there's still parents. And I played you Dr. Robert Malone. I know a lot of you have asked us to, uh, to post that in full. I believe I posted it on our Rumble because that's the only place I know I can post it without it getting taken down. So if you go to rumble.com slash LFS6B, Dr. Malone's full speech to parents is available there. It's not on Twitter. It's not on our YouTube. It's not on our Facebook because it won't last even two seconds. So rumble.com slash LFS6B, and you'll see Dr. Malone's post uh, there available for you to watch and share in its entirety. So. All right, let's do some uh, news and hear what that's Rick Delgado. What's going on, pal? Yeah, and speaking of Robert Malone, I posted that onto uh, onto my Getter page, so you probably put it there as well. I don't think and I don't think anybody's going to take it down from there, D. So if people are looking for it, you can probably find it on Getter as well. Uh, Ex defense contractors charged with allegedly trying to give national security secrets to Russia. A uh, former defense contractor was arrested after corresponding for more than a year with an undercover FBI agent posing as a Russian operative. John Murray Rowe Jr., a 63-year-old resident from Lead, South Dakota, allegedly attempted to provide national defense information that was classified to the Russian government. Rowe was employed for nearly four decades as a test engineer for several defense contractors and held multiple national security clearances and worked on, among other things, projects for the U.S. Air Force aerospace technology was ultimately terminated because of suspicious interest in Russian affairs and curiosity about obtaining security clearance from the Russian government because of his status as a security risk. The FBI began an undercover op and determined his willingness to commit espionage. He sent, uh, I guess he sent hundreds of emails to an undercover agent explaining his willingness to work for the Russians and disclose classified U S national security and military information. He wrote on there as well, if I can get a job here, then I'll go work for the other team. Great. So that guy, uh, thankfully, they picked up on him and he, and he is off the streets. Wow. Uh, getting a little bit closer to home, the legal, defense, the legal team of Ghislaine Maxwell has called a false memories expert 
in an effort to undermine her accusers. The trial lawyers of consort and of the late Jeffrey Epstein called to the stand this week a psychologist and expert on false memories. Uh, Elizabeth Luftus is a professor, uh, professor at the University of California, Irvine, who has testified and consulted in other high-profile criminal, criminal trials of the same sort, including Bill Cosby, Harvey Weinstein, O.J. Simpson, Robert Durst, Ted Bundy, and Michael Jackson. Emotion is no guarantee that you're dealing with an authentic memory, she told the jury. The crux of her life's research is that personal biases can influence memories, and individuals are generally more likely to accept suggestions about those memories that comport with their beliefs and motives. Um, eh, I guess that's the angle. Let's, let's try to undermine the witnesses. And no, 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 you d- what happened to you really didn't happen. Yeah. That's basically the way uh, Democrats and, and the mainstream media kind of treat us. Oh, what you're seeing isn't really happening. Don't worry about it. Inflation's good. Uh, robberies are happening because the stores aren't doing much, much security. Uh, there's no fire going on anywhere. Just it's a peaceful protest. Move it along. <laughs> so. That one. All right, hour two coming up. Crazy Town, LOL of the day. A couple of those. And a lot of other good stuff to get to. Live from Studio 6B. What even is that? Top of the hour. That's next. from Studio 6B, Hour 2 on a Friday night. Real America's Voice, Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240, Samsung TV Plus, Channel 1029. Glad you're in on a Friday. It's been a great week. Uh, Rick Delgado's here. What even is that coming up in a second? Rick Amorati's got sports. We'll do the odds makers later in this hour. Geofran holding it down as always. Before we get to uh, what even is that, I want to, I you know, because people keep telling me, um, that, uh, Damon, you're giving Eric Adams way too much uh, that he's going to be so much better in New York City. And I know nothing about Eric Adams other than he used to be law enforcement. And um, he, this is what I do know. Nobody can be worse, cut 4G, <laughs> than this guy. Roll it. People want to lead their lives. I mean, and the hard thing, again. And, you know, I feel it here in New York City. Yeah. By the way, I'm from Philadelphia, so it's not like I, 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 I live in a rural area. Um, but I feel it in every block that I walk in New York City. But if I were in the middle part of the country with you, I don't think we'd see masks. I don't think we'd be showing our Vax cards anywhere. So I come back to that point where unless everybody's on the same page in the country, we're kind of screwed. And you know how you get on the same page, people have to lead. So look, I believe with enough leadership, enough mandates, we're gonna get a hell of a lot more people vaccinated. The more people vaccinated, the more we actually make the transition to a time when COVID is in the background, not the foreground. And we know these mandates work and we know people respond. Look, human beings are pretty predictable. If you say your paycheck depends on it or your ability to enjoy life and go do the things you want to do, people will make the practical decision overwhelmingly and they'll go get vaccinated. But we aren't pushing hard enough. We got to go farther. There it is. 
So I don't know anything about Eric Adams. I know this. There's not, it's not possible. Not possible. And if I have to revisit this statement, I will. <laughs> it's not possible to be worse than that guy. No. It's not possible. No. So He's insane. All right, it's time now for one of my new favorite segments here on the show. That, of course, is Rick Delgado with what even is that? All right, Damon. Well, thank you. And, uh, you know, I apologize again last night for cutting you off when you wanted to to comment on something. But it's because of this and what we're going to be talking about today. Because as I was watching our resident, you know, Joe Biden the other day and... Well, it almost seems like it's a daily or weekly occurrence, a thing with him, right? I've known Joe since 1976, <laughs> and he could be one of the dumbest men that I know. <laughs> and I no, mean, it's a not. Dumb. Yeah, a, 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 a true dummy. A true and, dummy, yeah. And it's not just him being a dummy or, you know, stupid. I had to sort of just free myself up to believe that it was okay to be stupid or dumb. To be a moron. Yeah. To be moronical. Exactly. To be a moron. An imbecile. <laughs> or, or even more moronical. I mean, we've seen what happens to him when he gets into numbers or, or when he starts talking about those stories that are factually untrue, but then he keeps repeating because, well, no one calls him out on it. I used to drive an 18-wheeler, man. Yeah. Oh, I wish oh, I yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's I awful. got to. But the thing that gets me the most, and I think this goes beyond it, you know, of course, his clear cognitive decline and his dementia, is how he forgets certain people's names. Uh Now, again, you could say, hey, it's because he's stupid or because uh, of his obvious mental capacity that's diminishing. And, And, well, you wouldn't be wrong. Nope. But I think there really is something more to it than just that. And, And what even could that be, you ask? Well, check this out. The, the sec- secretary of the uh, of the uh, uh-huh. uh, se- se- secretary Austin. <laughs> right. You see, you see what he did there, right there. And, and then, of course, there's there's this one as well, more recent. I want to thank the sec- the, the uh, former general. I keep calling him general, but my my uh, the guy who runs that outfit over there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course, the guy that runs that outfit over there. And, and then what about this one? I'm encouraged not just because of a solid meeting with... Um, with, with who? Uh, with who? The... Uh, with who? Republican leader in the House. All right. <laughs> and again, right there. And like I said, I really think it, it, it's even more than that. So I did some digging and I came across this. This article is from 2012, and it's in, it was featured in Medical Daily. It's by a researcher named Richard Harris. He's a uh, psychology professor at Kansas State, and it says that not necessarily it's not necessarily your brain's ability that determines how well you can remember someone's name, oh. but rather your level of interest. Oh, okay. <laughs> from the, yeah, from the article, some people, perhaps those who are most socially aware or, or just more interested in people, more interested in relationships, they would be more motivated to remember somebody's name. Uh, another piece from the article, almost everybody has a very good memory for something, Harris said. And he said the key to a good memory is your level of interest. The more interested someone is in a topic, the more likely that new information will be imprinted in their brain, even though it may not seem like they have a brain. 
Perfect. All right. I kind of threw that part in. (laughs) End of quote. Um, (laughs) So so when it comes to Biden, I'm sure uh, a good deal of it has to do with his, again, his declining mental facilities. I mean, let's face it, uh, that when you go through the top 10 Alzheimer signs and symptoms, Joe displays most of them all the time. But when you get past that and you start really thinking about it, and, and here comes a guy that when it comes to certain people... You know, like this fellow who runs that outfit over there. I want to thank the, the, the uh, former general. I keep who? calling him general, but my, my, uh, the guy who runs that outfit over yeah, there. Yeah, that guy. That outfit. That outfit. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think that shows you. The building over there on the right. corner. It's got squares. It's got bricks. That thing. It's that got outfit. the big door. I usually go in that way and then make a right. Uh, I think it shows you the type of person you're dealing with. Someone who is basically not interested at all in Mr. Austin, what he does and where he does it. Hey, pal. <laughs> nice outfit. <laughs> and maybe, exactly, nice outfit. And maybe it's just, be, it could be my opinion, but have we seen this from his own words? I mean, Biden seems to have done it. He's always seemed to have a problem with people in the military. I yeah. tweeted Johnson to the academy. I swear to the know that. Yeah, and of course, we all know his uh, treasured history with people of color. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. Yeah, so all of that is on full display when you roll that into one one person. And basically, I'm sorry, Lloyd Austin, but you have to realize that when it comes to his relationship with Joe Biden, um, Lloyd, he's just not that into you. Just ask this guy. All right, Chuck. Thank you very much. Uh, all right. Uh, it's Chris, <laughs> but mean, anyway. Chris. I just did Chris. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I just did Chuck. I tell you what, man, these are back to back. Anyway. No, it's I don't okay. Know how you do it early in the morning, too. <laughs> yeah. Damon, back to you. <laughs> back to back. <laughs> all right. Well, I, well, you might, yeah. I, I can see why you stopped me now, see? Yeah. Good one. Um, I think you're definitely onto something there. <laughs> He's just not that interested in him. He's just not that into you, yeah. He's not that interested in a lot of things. I think that I think that's the problem too. Is that you know he was so used to being a senator where you just you show up, you glad hand, maybe you you throw a few kisses and 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 handshakes and and you pick up a check or an endorsement, and you're out the door. But now he's got to actually do stuff. <laughs> That guy, you know, the guy over there who runs that outfit. What's his name, pal? You're in for a. Yeah. What's that tough, tough guy? Yeah, you. Hey, tough guy. Man, oh man. I wonder if they give him like, uh, like little little cheats. It's like, okay, here's how you remember his name. It rhymes with a body part, or something like that. I don't know. Uh, who? who I mean, I have no idea. Man. Um. Uh, boy, I thought you were going to go through. What are the top ten signs of uh, um, Alzheimer's? I wonder. Yeah, they're they're all. How many ones, of them he displays? All ten? I think. Well, with the exception of some of them, we can't verify because we don't know his personal habits and what happens to him in his private time about losing stuff and. How's that and, physical going? Have we gotten the um? Have we gotten the physical out of the White House yet? Oh yeah, they're they're, they're on it. Yeah, everything's fine. Yeah. I think they're going to release uh, it in 75 years. They, they release it. They just didn't do the cognitive test. Oh, is that what it was? They didn't do That's right. Yeah. They didn't do yeah. the cognitive test as part of it. Yeah, and I think um, what the same doctor, Gupta, that was on Joe Rogan's show, I think he even admitted that uh, some of that stuff didn't look good when it came to, like, his heart. That's I right. We, I, I remember now we did play it. He said, you know, I'm a little disappointed that that wasn't a part of it. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
Well, I don't mean anybody who can't see that he's in decline is just plain pol. I mean, it's just all in on the on politics and ideology because there's. I mean, there's nobody. That's why I laugh at these numbers that we keep seeing in these polls of people who approve. No, they don't. No, they don't. There's nobody who approves of of this guy. There's no one approves of what's going on in the country. Nobody. I don't care if they voted for him or not. They don't approve. They may not tell you that. Nancy Pelosi says he's the best thing ever, and that's fine. But nobody thinks that. Behind closed doors, they're all going, my God, what are we going to do? That's why none of them want him to run. The joke that he's talking about running again. Yeah. Nobody wants him to run, and less people want her to run. That may be the only thing you can say is given a choice of the two, I think they'd take him over her. <laughs> That's what I'm saying a lot. And, th- and this is one of the reasons why. Brings us to our first LOL of the day. Kamala says farewell to fellow scientist Francis Collins. Roll it, G. I grew up spending time, lots oh. of time, in a lab. If you build something that looks like that, you can see the sun. Scientists dedicate their lives to improving the lives of others. I don't know what it is about those craters on the moon. We dream with ambition. Have big dreams. You'll remember them? Yes. Cut. All right, I'll see you later. So I know well Take two. the gift you give our world. Dr. Collins, you have dedicated your life to this noble pursuit. Singing. Why, there's a guitar right here. How about that? <laughs> and at the Pasteur Institute in Paris, where I recently visited, we campaign with the plan. <laughs> the plan! The plan! Uppercase C, uppercase P. The plan! They talked about the brilliance of the work coming out of NIH. Let's end COVID Dr. Collins, you have led and you are leading our world yeah. toward a better future. Yeah. Oh. Woo. That's a good one there, G. That's a good one. The blend, the blend. Mr. Rourke. Francais, Collins, and the guitar. Mr. Rourke, le plan, le as I wow. said, if you had given the choice, they'll pick him over her running. They might even. <laughs> She's. I, I just don't know how you can be phonier than her. I mean, of all the people I could think of, all the empty suits that we've got running around this government and leadership and everything else, I just don't know how you could be more phony than she is. And think about it. She won the VP sweepstakes. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't they know. had other women to pick from. They picked right. her. Oh. <laughs> she is just oh man nails on a chalkboard it's not doesn't do enough justice it's like chewing tinfoil oh man Ew. all right and we got another lol of the day coming up plus crazy town could be an all-timer we'll see <laughs> live from studio 6b on a friday night <laughs> Joe since 1976, and he could be one of the dumbest men that I know. I mean, he's a true dumb.
right, 17 past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. I want to remind you to go to uh, visit our friend Mike Lindell, who, by the way, I hear is sending out thousands of pillows um, all across the country to these tornado victims and doing what he can, as he always does. MyPillow.com slash LFS6B. Great deals as you're going into the holidays here, getting closer. So if you want something from... My pillow. Get your order in. Make sure you get it in time. Great stuff. Great deals. All made in America. Uh, support Mike Lindell. Great way to support the show as well. Uh, MyPillow.com slash LFS6B. Got our own page there of all deals just for the Live from Studio 6B audience. So you can go check it out. Easy way to get your uh, whatever. Pillows, slippers, sheets, robes. Man, just great stuff. MyPillow.com slash LFS6B. Let's do some sports and hear what that is. Rick Emirati, what's going on, pal? A big deal. Well, we'll get to our picks in the last segment, which is going to be an absolute COVID nightmare. There's been a lot of rescheduling going on earlier today, so we'll hit that later. I'll need time. But I want to just mention one thing uh, about this weekend. Another important event is the uh, PNC Championship with Tiger Woods coming back from his injury and seeing how he does. And right now ESPN is reporting uh, Charlie Woods looks like he is ready to carry dad, Tiger Woods. <laughs> Uh, again, at the PNC Championship. This is from Nick Petruskuics of uh, ESPN. Uh, all attention at this year's PNC Championship will be on Tiger Woods. Sure, there will be eyes on his 12-year-old son, Charlie, who took the golf world and internet by storm a year ago at this event. But the focus this year will largely be on father instead of son. Almost 10 months since Tiger Woods' single car crash in Los Angeles that nearly, nearly cost him his leg. He returns to go- a golf course to play competitive round. How will he hold up? Is his injured right leg ready for three consecutive days of golf, one pro-am round and two competitive rounds. What will uh, his swing speed and distance be like? Does he have the endurance? These are all questions people are going to be looking to find out when they tune in. While everyone is focused on those things, Charlie Woods will try to carry the team again. A year ago, Tiger joked that Charlie was the key player on the two-person squad, with Charlie posting his first ever eagle and hitting quality shot after quality shot after quality shot. The team finished in a tie for seventh. Think Charlie is ready to go this year? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, one more roll, uh, all the things go. It'll be interesting to see what Saturday and Sunday's competition will bring. Um, and uh, his son, again, only 12 years old, Charlie. He looks like he's going to be an exceptional golfer. Who knows? Maybe Tiger's going to take a step back and uh, perhaps coach his son, see how he goes. I saw a really cute thing that ESPN or somebody put together, and they gave the phone to Tiger, and they said, hit play and watch it. And they had taken side-by-sides of Charlie and some of his mannerisms and when he swings, how he picks up the tee, how he twirls the club, how he – just everything. It's just uncanny how much of dad he has in him. So it's uh, it was pretty. It was pretty cute. Like father, like son. So boy, yes. so much. Yeah, so wanna, much. Going to want to catch that. Hopefully, COVID doesn't cancel that this weekend as well. Whew, mess. All right, D. We'll get to our picks later. Yeah. Looking forward to it. All right, very good. Uh, let's do some news. Let's catch up on everything that's going on with uh, Rick Delgado. What's up? All right. Well, uh, President Biden, who we were just talking about, has decided to turn the screws on the unvaccinated as he appeared to uh, mention that they're going to be the ones creating a, a winter of illness and death. Yeah, as uh, if he would know anything <laughs> about anything of what's going on. And he actually took a dig as well at unvaccinated NFL quarterback Aaron Rodgers while sure. touring uh, the tornado disaster in Kentucky. Yeah. Um, Rodgers, in his mind, is probably why the whole league is uh, doing what, you know, it's probably just down to him. Oh, sure. It's his whole fault. Well, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nothing to do with all the 95% <laughs> of them vaccinated and they're all still cat. No, no. It's all because of Rodgers, probably. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, Biden on Thursday also urged people in the U.S. to get their COVID booster. But on Wednesday, while in Kentucky uh, this past weekend, of course, the tornadoes hit and caused some widespread distru- distract, uh, destruction. Uh, Biden appeared to criticize Green Bay Packers star quarterback Aaron Rodgers, who contracted the virus and returned to playing. Yeah. Uh, he how, told, how dare you get better so quick? Yeah, hey, he he on, told man. the storm surviving kid that had a Packers hat on, tell your quarterback to get the vaccine. Ugh. Oh, yeah, come on. <laughs> just there's just nothing that'll. Uh, That's disgusting. There's just nothing that'll take them off of their course. Well, nothing. It's it's all about it's all about the prearranged narrative. And he was at it when uh, when he spoke more about the unvaccinated. Here, clip uh, with this clip. G go, folks. I'm not going to take questions today because uh, I have a direct message to American people. Tomorrow the team is going to be on television and talking in more detail about what I'm going to be speaking about today. He never does. I want to send a direct message to the American people. Due to the steps we've taken, Omicron has not yet spread as fast as it would have otherwise done, and that's happening in Europe. But it's here now, and it's spreading, and it's going to increase. For unvaccinated, we are looking at a winter of severe illness and death for unvaccinated. For themselves, their families, and in the hospitals, they'll soon overwhelm. Propaganda. There's good news. If you're vaccinated and you have your booster shot, you're protected from severe illness and death. Period. Number two. Period. Booster shots work. Three. Boosters are free, safe, and convenient. About 60 million people have one, have been boosted. So go get your shot today. Go get boosted if you had your first two shots. If you haven't, go get your first shot. It's time. It's time. It's past time. And we're going to protect our economic recovery. If we do this, we're going to keep schools and businesses open if we do this. And I want to see everyone around enjoy that. I want to see them enjoy the fact that they're able to be in school, the businesses are open, and the holidays are coming. So get your booster shot. It's critically important. And if you haven't, you haven't gotten your booster shot, get your first shot. We're in a situation where we have 83% of the American people have gotten one shot. 12 years and older about that 400,000 shots per day now 202 are fully vaccinated 202 million are fully vaccinated 57 uh, excuse me uh, 570 excuse me <laughs> I want to read I'm not sure I got the right number the total number boost when it comes to names and numbers is what 57 57, 57 billion million, million yeah one million a day so but the whole point is Omicron is here. Yeah. It's going to start to spread much more rapidly at the beginning of the year. Yep. And, and there the ain't nothing you're going to do about it. Is to get nothing. your shots. And they're not going to do anything about shot, it either. You haven't gotten it yet? Uh, enough help. of this, G. And just enough of this. You know, the idea that we have a representative republic, which we're supposed to have, and the idea that, you know, the Electoral College sets it up so that we elect people to send to Washington to represent us. We have moved so far away from that as this guy sits there. They're supposed to represent us, not, not dictate to us, not uh, be an authoritarian and tell us what we have to do. You know, that's not what happens here. But yet that's where we are. And the more this guy talks, the more people want to um, tell him where to stick it, in my opinion telling us what to do. We don't need to hear from you pops on what to do. Not in any part of our lives. We can make decisions for ourselves. 
But I'm telling you, this Republican Party better. We are so far away from the way the, the founders of this country saw it when they set it up. That's why I keep harping on the fact that the closest government needs to be the most government, which is your local government, which is your state legislatures, which is your governors. And these red state legislatures and governors have got to get on, start getting on top of this stuff. So that what this guy says and what these tyrants in Washington continue to try to tell us becomes somewhat meaningless to us. And it's not going to happen here in New York and California and these places. But it needs to start happening in enough places other than Florida and, and partly in Texas. Although I think we could be do, doing even a better job there too. Nope. Certainly in other places. Indiana, we got to. I mean, got to get a new governor there. He's he's like, no difference between him and Biden. It's got to start happening on the local levels. We've got to get back to uh, some kind of representative republic here. These these people are sent to represent us, and they go there, and they end up coming and 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 driving over us. And it's just it's just got to stop. Live from Studio 6B, Crazy Town. When we get back, Odds Makers coming up on a Friday night. coming up i want to get to one thing before we get to that though that's cut 15 g if you can find that there's an article in um by the way i would encourage you especially if you're in west virginia and you're a fan of the show you're watching tonight or listening um to give senator manchin's office a call and tell him to hold the line as it seems like he still is as the um build back better plan is at least getting pushed off to the new year uh, let's run cut 15 first, and I'll give you a little bit of this story from National Review. Roll that. Mr. President, what kind of progress have you made on Build Back Better? What kind of progress? Dumb. Yeah, well, some means none. <laughs> what did he say? Dumb? Some. Oh, some. Uh, the editors at National Review say Senator Manchin, keep holding out on Build Back Better. Seems that the Senate vote on President Biden's gargantuan Build Back Better Act has been delayed until at least next year. The decision, NBC reports, is based on simple math. Schumer does not have the 50 votes needed to pass the legislation, thanks to Senator Joe Manchin, who remains, who remains a holdout. Senator Manchin should remain a holdout next year as well. There'd be no way to reconcile Senator Manchin's voting for the Build Back Better Act with all that he has said over the last six months. Senator Manchin has said that the bill cannot exceed $1.5 trillion in size. But the bill that the House passed is $1.95 trillion in size. Senator Manchin has said that he does not want to see any accounting gimmicks undermining the project. But there is no possible way for the bill to survive without them. Senator Manchin has said he is worried that shell games will make the real cost of the so-called $1.75 trillion estimated to be almost twice that amount if the full time is run out. 
The CBO latest analysis makes it clear that he is exactly correct in that fear. Senator Manchin has proposed that inflation, not democratic pipe dreams, should be the primary concern of the federal government. The most recent economic reports justify his alarm. Senator Manchin has submitted that spending trillions more on new and expanded government programs when we can't even pay for the essential programs like Social Security and Medicare is the definition of fiscal insanity. Well, this represents a perfect description of the Build Back Better agenda. If Senator Manchin believes what he says, there is no way he can acquiesce to this folly. And if he doesn't believe what he says, then he should listen to his constituents. Polling in West Virginia shows that while voters support the recent infrastructure bill, they remain dead set against the Build Back Better agenda. 74% of West Virginians want Senator Manchin to oppose Build Back Better. 74%. In October, Senator Manchin vowed to stand up for politicians who seek to tell West Virginians what's best for them. Evidently, this position is popular among his voters. It is not entirely clear why Senator Manchin is entertaining this process in the first place. Writing in September in the Wall Street Journal, Manchin hit Republicans for having used the privileged legislative procedure of budget reconciliation to rush through a partisan tax bill and warned Democrats who were not looking um, that it was wrong when the Republicans did it, and it's wrong now. Last month, while hailing the bipartisan infrastructure bill uh, that he did so much to make law, Manchin expressed his preference for the monumental bipartisan effort that he had headed up. In June, Manchin asked the Charleston, in the Charleston Gazette Mail, do we really want to live in an America that only one party can dictate and demand everything and anything it wants whenever it wants? I've always said, he continued, if I go home and I can't explain it, then I can't vote for it. This is good advice now. It will be good advice next year as well. So I, again, I encourage you to um, reach out to Senator Manchin, especially if you're in West Virginia, and even if you're not. Because tens upon tens of millions of us will be thankful if he holds the line. And that's what he needs to continue to do. And it looks like this will at least go into next year. So we have time to, to let him know that the, uh, he will have the huge support of West Virginia, clearly by the numbers. And he'll have huge support from the nation. Well, and it really shouldn't stop there. I mean, if you live in a state that has a Democratic senator, but you don't believe that this is a good policy for your state, don't just call Manchin. Call your own person. Let them know that, you know what, you're up for election at some point, too, and we will come for you. Well, you got to train your sights on all the Democrats who, who you know, who pitch themselves, well, I'm a, I'm, I'm a conservative, you know, I'm a blue dog Democrat, whatever. Whatever they try and tell you that, they, that they're a centrist, hold their feet to the fire and get on the phone with them as well. It's, it's nice to have a mansion, but if he falls, then, then the whole thing, you got to have more. And hopefully, maybe he's got a few more that are kind of following his lead, but that are keeping a low profile. I don't know. Well, we'll see. I mean, there's only so many parts of the country where that's going to work, but uh, certainly West Virginia, um, it will work as far as he goes. So, uh, all right, it's crazy town time. Biden speaks to the graduating class of South Carolina. Oh, I can't wait. University. Oh, wow. <laughs> Fire it up. Gee, let's check it out. <laughs> I, uh, and, uh, I, uh, I had, I got what we call in my old neighborhood in Claymont, Delaware, I got shellacked in the first two primaries. 
And I kept saying, I'm waiting to go to South Carolina. To, no, I mean it sincerely, because I come from a state that has the eighth largest African-American population, and that's the source of all my support in Delaware, for real. I got down here, and uh, things are moving pretty slow. Pander in chief. Yeah. All kidding aside. And uh, I just want you to know uh, it, uh, it matters. I come from a family with a raised in a three-bedroom split-level home with four kids, a dad, mom, and a grandpa. We were fine, don't get me wrong. We weren't up by our bootstraps, but we were, I guess, technically low-middle-class economically. On Inauguration See, Day, I placed my hand on the Bible and looked out toward the National Mall. And what I see? I saw a South Carolina state baseball cap. Oh, no, not kidding. Not kidding. Talking to two former presidents, Clinton and Bush. <clears throat> Though I'm from Delaware, I've got to put Delaware State up there. The president of Delaware State used to work for me, went and got his doctorate and said, this is not the good job, I'm going to be president of the university. And of course, President Harris, <laughs> President Harris <laughs> is a proud Howard alum. She might have something to say about Delaware State. But, uh, you know, uh, the fact is that... What is he uh, talking about? Congratulations, you earned it. Saying nothing. You earned yeah. every bit of it. How, how about giving I them a easy to take forward? Remote learning, fearing getting sick from COVID-19, feeling the go. pain. Your time here has come during a tumultuous and consequential moment in modern American history. And it's led you to graduate at a real inflection point. What? That's not hyperbole. Your country total this is hyperbole. not hyperbole. Inflection counting point. on you. They're counting on you Whisper. to change, to turn the dial. Okay. At a moment, we have a chance to do it. <laughs> That's your secret power Whoa. on police reform. <laughs> I share the frustration. And I know the family well, George Family Justice Act and Policing Act. I know the family well. It's not been passed in the Senate. But the fight's not over. My American Rescue Plan was passed right after historic investment in community policing and violence intervention programs. Oh, now he's for police. They're shown to reduce violence, crime, violent crime as much as 60%. Oh. We learned there's no difference between a black entrepreneur and a white entrepreneur in success, except the black entrepreneur usually doesn't have a lawyer, usually doesn't have someone who is gonna be there in accountant to get it all set <laughs> Say that again? I got started in politics because of the civil rights movement. He's such a racist. I noticed some of you were looking at I thought you were wondering, how does he know the black national anthem? Well, because I sat in the black church after going to 7 o'clock mass, I'm a Avenue practicing Catholic, at 10 o'clock on the east side, getting ready to go out and desegregate restaurants and movie theaters in my state. It's not just about who gets to vote. It's about who gets to count the vote. Wow, he said it twice. Man. Whether your vote counts at all. This new sinister combination of voter suppression and election, subver election subversion, it's un-American. To the torches, those you ever think you'd see in the modern times, people coming out of the fields down in Charleston, I mean, oh. in, in Charlotte, Virginia, Charlottesville, Virginia, <laughs> carrying torches. Charlotte, Virginia. Charlotte's the guy who had this job before, oh when asked God. what he thought about it, he said, well, there's some very good people there. Hell, very good people. They're racist, they're fascist. The violent and deadly insurrection on Capitol Hill 11 months ago, on January the 6th. I'm going to say something self-serving. I'm supposed to know an awful lot about foreign policy. 
I've known every major world leader in the last 40 years. I've spoken over 140. You know what they all ask me? Is America going to be all right? We <laughs> cannot, we must not give hate any safe harbor. We can't give it any oxygen. We have to step on it. We have to shine as bright as light as we can on it. That's the ultimate disinfectant. Huh? Call it out. <laughs> disinfectant? What? Light bulb. <laughs> You're going to be the light. This, again, is not hyperbole. Listen to me, no. and I'm being precise. You're going to see more change. <laughs> That'd be a change. In the next 10 years, we've seen the last 50. Oh. oh because okay. of the n- incredible, incredible change in science and technology. Oh, good. You're going to see us traveling commercially in the next 20 years at 12, 15,000 miles an hour. <laughs> Subsonic speeds, supersonic speed. I mean, things are going to change. We'll not march back to what was, but move on to what shall be. Oh, a country that has busy, Stop. excuse me, has bruised, but whole. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> Where's your mask, Joey? It's not a political statement. It's patriotic duty. Come on. Oh, he's going to put it on now, I'm sure. Wow. Wow. Uh, Joe? Where's my mask? Your, your mask? It's a patriotic duty. Hello? Joe? I've issued executive orders requiring masks on federal property, <laughs> interstate travel, trains, and planes, and buses. Yeah. One uh, congressman pointed out a guy could... Uh, uh, I, I, well, he used a very <laughs> colorful term to say, wearing a mask, I tell him to kiss my ear. I'm not going to wear like, who are Well, these guess people? what? Not very American. Joe. The fact is, you want to be patriotic, you want to protect What could I have here? Oh, there he is. There he is. There you go. There he is. Okay. Wow. Well, I, I must say that was uh, inspiring, uplifting, and enough for every graduate to probably turn in their diploma right there and then and say, you know what? Ah. I mean, the, the pandering is, is just sickening. The stories he decides... The, the uh, <laughs> former general, I keep calling him general, but my, my, uh, the guy who runs that outfit. Over yeah. there. <laughs> I mean... I mean, it's got to be obvious. To, I mean, it's got to be obvious to people what he's doing, right? Like the way the stories he decides right. to tell. Like he thinks it, re- he, he thinks it resonates with them that he could uh, tells uh, how poor he grew up. Like all of them had to have uh, come from that, right? Yeah. And, and that you Ugh. know, black people support me in Delaware, so you have to support me here, you know, because you're black. And if you don't vote for me, then you ain't black. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. That was great. I mean, it's just, it's just unbelievable. And he gets away with it. At least they gave him all a good nap in the middle of the sermon. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he gets away. I mean, he gets away with it. I know, you know, define what that means. Good, he gets away with it. I think, I think, I mean, I think they sit there and listen to him going, come on, Pops, just get off the stage. Yeah. We don't need to listen to your nonsense. Don't, don't, don't demean us, talk down to us like we know what you're talking about. We come from all different backgrounds. We don't need to listen to your garbage. Every one of them sitting there listening to him is smarter than he is. He's an idiot. All right. Odds makers coming up on a Friday night.
13 to the hour on a Friday, live from Studio 6B. Glad you're in. Real America's Voice, Dish Network Channel 219, Pluto TV Channel 240, Samsung TV Plus Channel 1029. Of course, all our social media. Make sure you follow us, YouTube, Facebook, Getter, uh, Parlor, Rumble, everywhere. If you want to see Dr. Robert Malone's speech to parents, it's on our Rumble page, rumble.com slash LFS6B. Again, visit our friend Mike Lindell. Get your orders in if you want uh, great stuff. If you're looking to give great presents, um, mypillow.com slash LFS6B, 66% off. He's running the sale of the year right now in the Giza Dream Sheets, like he says right there. Uh, the My Pillows. He's, Mike Lindell's, by the way, sending out pillows all over the country to these tornado-ravaged areas, so good for him doing everything he can, as he always does. So a great American. Support him. And it's a great way to support the show. So, all right, it's time for the odds makers on a Friday. Time to pick our games. Where do we stand, G? Now, he won last night, so I'm only up five. Wow. And um, we've got bowl games, which I guess we're not picking many of those. No. We've got two games. All right, so what's happened to the schedule? Do we still have two Saturday pro? No, we only have one, right? Because Cleveland and Vegas, uh, Las Vegas Raiders and Cleveland Browns has been canceled. That was, yeah, that game has been now moved to Monday at 5 p.m. before the Vikings-Bear game, which will be the Monday night football game normally at Okay, so we'll pick those games on Monday. Yeah, absolutely. So let's what's the so let's go. What's your Saturday slate? Okay, well, my right now my Saturday slate for the NFL is going to be the uh, Patriots at the Colts. Uh, that's Saturday night, eight fifteen NFL Network. The spread right now I have is uh, Indianapolis minus two uh, against the Patriots, and I'm going to look to take the Patriots two and a half. Two and a half? Okay, two and a half it is. I'm going to take the Patriots with the two and a half. That should be a fantastic game. And New England is 5-1 and one against the spread on the road this season. So that's where I'm going. So two and a half. I got the Patriots. D, you got the Colts, and you're laying two and a half. Okay. Uh, Cowboys, that, well, that, that's the Sunday game. So let's get back to college football. Just one bowl game that really interests me, Big D, and that's the last one of the night, the New Orleans Bowl, New Orleans Bowl. I'm going to take the Raging Cajuns, Louisiana over Marshall. They're they're laying four points. Louisiana ranked number twenty-three. Give me the, give me Louisiana. I'm going Cajun and laying the four. You have Marshall. Boy, twelve and one Louisiana at with at seven and five Marshall only laying four. That that looks a little too easy for my liking, but okay, you're so, taking it. I'm taking it. That's going to be a lot of crawfish I'll be eating Saturday night. Can't <laughs> okay. wait. Okay. Um, and all right, let's, let's go to Sunday now. Okay, we're going to Sunday. Here we go. Dallas Cowboys. My Dallas Cowboys at. The Giants uh, must get a life stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey. I'm going to take the Cowboys <laughs> lay in 11. Okay. All right. A, you got 11? Okay. Yep. 1 p.m. on Fox. Then let's go to, to the 1 p.m. game. Cardinals at the Lions. Detroit 1-11-1. And the Cardinals 10-3. Looks like a Let me guess what you're doing here. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know I like the favorites usually. I'm going to take the Cardinals lay in the 13. I think the Cardinals are very ornery coming off that Rams loss from Monday night. And I think they're going to be looking to exact some revenge okay. out of the Lions. So minus 13. What happened 13. Uh, last time you took the Cardinals? Yeah, well, you the know, birds what? cost you your birds. <laughs> I know. That's it. A bird in hand is worth two in the bush. Okay, so and then we got here we go, D. And then we got the Saints at the Buccaneers. That's the uh, Sunday night, the big game on NBC, eight twenty. And I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take the dog on this one. I'm gonna take the Saints plus eleven, even though their coach Sean Payton tested positive for what? 
COVID-19, he's out. He's missing the game. Tested positive earlier today. But I'm going to take the Saints plus 11. I think Brady gets it done, but I don't think he gets it done by more than 10. So give me that. And I got to tell you, a lot of the, the Eagles players and the Raiders players are very angry because there was a stipulation in the COVID-19 cancellations that if a team couldn't field enough players, there would be a forfeit. And no forfeit has been made. These guys like Darius Slay and uh, Raiders Derek Carr. I mean, the, the, the Raiders were getting ready to board a uh, bus to go to the airport earlier today. And then they were told, stand down. And then, of course, the game got moved. The issue is, is that um, the uh, Seahawks game, that was moved to Tuesday at 7 o'clock. That means the Seahawks and Rams have to turn around and get ready for a game the following Sunday with literally no rest. So, you know, a lot, a lot of issues here. And it uh, doesn't hurt that the Cleveland Browns, uh, they're, uh, the president of the NFL Players Association, happens to play for the Browns. So very interesting what's going on here. And uh, we'll watch the fallout on Monday. I'll have a full report. But that's a wrap. You got my picks, Big D? So how many games is that total? Oh. Did you pick? I picked the, uh, I got the one, two, three, four, five games altogether with the college game. Okay, and they're all the same amount, 5,000? Yeah, we got to stick with the fives. That's it. And I, 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 there was other bowl games. I just, I really wasn't crazy about the Boca Raton Bowl. Wasn't getting excited about that big day. But next week, we're going into some good well, stuff. Okay. I, I've got a question before you wrap up. Um, no Minnesota, Chicago on Sunday night, huh? Uh, no, I passed on that one. I don't. Okay. I don't like that. Rick, that, no, said, that's Monday night's game. Big, you said big, uh, a game was moved to Monday at five, right? Correct. That was the. Uh, so yeah, you're the gonna, Cleveland. You're going to bet on that when the show starts at eight. All right, that's a good point, Rick. <laughs> D, let, let me. I'm. I'm going to go. Well, my original pick was the Browns plus three. Okay. So I'm. You know what? It's I'll, not plus three anymore. It's pick them. It's Pickham, yeah, and uh, that was supposed to be bad weather, which I like the Browns in a mud bowl type of atmosphere, but. Uh, and it looks like third string and Nick Mullins is going to be the quarterback because uh, Case Keenum. We'll just stay and, away from that game then. Yeah, let's. Can't figure yeah, that game we, out. We can't figure out a game. That's a, that game's. You a don't hot want to mess. lose a bird over uh, the birds. No way. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah we're gonna we're gonna. I also don't one. want to make a graphic right yeah. before the show. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll stick with what you got. That's five. You got five on each game. You got twenty-five on the line. Twenty-five on the so line. So you could be in commanding position come Monday, or you could be, um, well, in a devastating hole, swimming, <laughs> swimming in your own <laughs> pool of tears. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes. So, it's all right. It. Any other news uh, before we wrap it up, uh, Rick? Uh, there's a couple stories, uh, but is there anything uh, like uh, anything fun you wanted to wrap up with since it is a Friday? Well, there's, a, there's an article um, in National Review called The Public Health Mafia, led by boss Anthony Fauci, which I think is pretty good, uh, <laughs> written by Phil Klein in National Review. And it basically talks about how the public health community, and I think we're going to see this ramp up as these cases of Omicron. Now, you know, and I didn't have time to get to Horowitz's article about Omicron itself might turn out to be the real vaccine. I'll give you a little bit of what he says here. He says, bizarrely, rather than focusing on the failures of the vaccine to deal with the existing more deadly strain of coronavirus, the global governments are using the new milder strain as a pretext for control, again, simply because the newer always means scarier. As such, they are again pushing the vaccine more and more, even though there is now clear data showing that the virus is so mild there's no need for a vaccine, plus the vaccine actually makes it worse. So based on their premise that Omicron is cause for panic, shouldn't there be downright ban on the shots based on the data from multiple countries? According to the uh, Institute of Copenhagen, as of December 13th, 90.5% of all Omicron cases in Denmark, a country where the new variant is spreading rapidly, they were vaccinated. 
Comparing the overall vaccination rates, this means that d- double vaccinated people are more likely or twice as likely to get Omicron than the unvaccinated. Put another way, Omicron represents 8% of the cases in the triple vaccinated, 5.5% in the double vaccinated, and 1.2% in the unvaccinated. Are you seeing a pattern? So he continues to go on to says if this milder version basically takes over and gets rid of the more deadly version of Delta, which is the case, that uh, maybe Omicron itself might turn out to be the real vaccine and finally put an end to this. So I'll link this on our Twitter if you want to read the entire thing, as well as the public health mafia led by Anthony Fauci. There, he's the mob boss. We'll get to that. But one more thing to send you off in a good, mo- a good mood here for the weekend is our last LOL of the day. <laughs> Roll it, G. Nobody in it. Pull up. I'm pretty sure that there's nobody in it besides a dog. Look. the tesla and got the uh automated <laughs> driver mode going and said i'm out of here as always we salute our military active and active police firefighters first responders cmts where are you going uh thanks everybody on the show thanks she thanks friend thanks to real america's voice have a great weekend everybody enjoy it we'll see you monday live from studio 6b where are you going buddy <laughs>